Hello, y'all. This is Tanya Joy, and I am so excited to announce my involvement with the Celebrity Softball Classic coming up on November 4th, 2023 at the Riders Field in Frisco, Texas. Never have I been honored to be part of a celebrity sports event ever. I know music and the stage. I am so excited because everything we're going to be doing is to benefit our veterans. There will be 200 tickets given away free to veterans, first responders, and their families for every $1,000 donation. So if you can help out, please go to CelebritySoftballClassic.org and donate today. We're also looking for corporate sponsors. Please call 817-308-5476. Go over to CelebritySoftballClassic.org and pick up your tickets now so that you can join us as we thank our veterans and first responders. We should be donating close to $200,000 to over 10 different charities. Past celebrities have included Matthew McConaughey, Isaiah Stanback from the Dallas Cowboys, Eric Warfield from the Kansas City Chiefs, Chaz Taylor, pro wrestler, Tommy Harris of the Chicago Bears, and this year, yours truly, Tanya Joy from the Tanya Joy Show. Please join me on November 4th in Frisco, Texas for the Celebrity Softball Classic. Grab your tickets now at CelebritySoftballClassic.org and help spread the word so that we can thank and support our veterans and first responders. God bless you, and I will see you there. Hello everybody, we have some very exciting news that I wanted to be sure I came to you with first. We've had a lot of changes here at the show. We've had a lot of changes with everything over the last year and a half, two years since I started doing this. And the biggest and most exciting is that we have just created a nonprofit. It's called Remnant Church. I've been traveling around the country all year teaching and preaching at different churches and that is really my passion. It is what I feel so called to. It's what brings me so much joy. I love teaching the Word of God and as we continue to move forward we're going to do that more and more on the show. So we're not going to change having our wonderful guests. We're still going to bring you truth and all of these things but we're also going to add in an aspect of teaching and diving into the Word of God. So with that, if you are challenged, if you are changed, if you love what we are doing here, we have an ability for you to partner with us. You can now support the show, support the ministry, and it is all tax deductible. In order to do that, you need to go over to our website, tanyajoy.tv, and select the donate now. When you do that, all of your donations will go through the new nonprofit leg of the ministry and all that you donate will be tax deductible. This is so exciting. I am thrilled and I'm just so grateful to the Lord that he has worked this out, that he has moved this into more of a leg of ministry and we're really excited to see what he's gonna do in the coming days. Again, you can go over to our website, tanyajoy.tv, go to the donate now and everything you donate will be tax deductible. Thank you so much and God bless you.
church doesn't save you. It's really thick in here right now. Preacher father finding me that way. 
with my head blown off across the room. I mean, come on. Suicide's got to be the most selfish thing in the world. But when you're overwhelmed by demons, you can't think about anything but you because you're overwhelmed by thoughts about you. So the Lord spoke to me and he said in my mind, what if there really is a heaven and there really is a hell? And I knew that voice was not my voice. And I'm like, I answered it out loud. I said, well, obviously, if there is, I'm going to hell because I'm too bad to go to heaven. I didn't know that then. So, because all I knew was religion. And religion will kill you. And it will not bring you into the presence of God. And you can never be good enough to get into the presence of God. We come only one way, that's by the blood of Jesus. And when I answered God like that, an audible voice spoke very loudly in my room. And it said, and this is why I'm such a stickler for the word of God. Go get your Bible. And it arrested me. It, I put my gun down, my daddy's gun down. And I thought, I don't know where my Bible is. And I had my first vision. And I saw where my Bible was. I went to where I had seen it, and that's exactly where it was. I pulled it out from underneath the blankets in the second bedroom closet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's my Bible. I hadn't seen it in two years. And I came and sat back down where my gun was leaning against the bed, and I opened it up. And you wouldn't know it. It fell open to the book of Deuteronomy. And I thought, what can possibly And I started to flip the page, and the same audible voice in the room said, Read! I'm like, Okay. And I looked down to where it had opened, and I read these words in the 30th chapter, the 19th verse. I set before you this day life and death. Oh, that was pretty apropos. Blessing and cursing. And then he didn't leave me there. He said, choose life. He didn't let me even, he didn't let me worry about what choice I was supposed to make. He said, choose life. And I, I knew that God, number one, he was alive. I knew that he was real. I knew that he was able to talk to me. I knew that the Bible talked. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loved me, no matter where I'd been, what bed I'd been in, what kind of drug I'd done or anything, I, if I had committed a million crimes, he still loved me with an everlasting love. And it was not his will for me to die. So, I dived into the Bible because it had become alive. And I could not read it enough. I was consumed with reading the Bible because suddenly it wasn't a bunch of rules and regulations. It was life. <laughs> so, a few weeks later, I came up for air. 
And I said, Lord, what would you like for me to do for you? What's wrong with this thing? I'm not sure. Well, then she'll have it. <laughs> and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, worship me. I said, oh, you want me You want me to like, go practice guitar so I can go play somewhere? Because I used to do that in my 20s. Go to youth meetings and sing, play guitar, and give my testimony, though I cannot imagine what in the world I could have testified about. And he said, no, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to love me. I just want you to spend time with me. So I was sitting there, and I saw people in this room that were vessels. I saw, I saw vessels sitting here. <laughs> and on some of them, of course, I don't want to look at you, but in the spirit, I saw great big corks stuck in the top of your vessel. And that's what religion wants to do to every one of us. It wants to cork us. Now you can go to the football game, make all the noise you want. You can go to a fireworks display and scream and holler. But you better be careful in church. And then I saw that the Lord wanted to go there and tell you you're never going to be good enough, so quit trying. And the only thing he wants you to learn, first of all, to do is to be in his presence. And she's been bringing us, the Spirit of the Lord has been using her to bring us into his presence. And I saw all these corks. And the Lord said, I'm going to make them so swollen with me, all of their corks are going to blow up. That's not her. But you know what? To go off of that, in case we, we, we may have to move into ministry, I had a picture earlier. Um, and I can't believe you just told this testimony because when I saw this picture, I was like, I'm not going to say that, Lord. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs>
think there was a way out. And I grew up as a Christian too. I've been saved since I was three years old. Serving Jesus pretty much all my life. Doesn't matter. We can let these things in through pain, through trauma. So if that's you, we'll do some more worship. You can raise your hand. You can come up here if you're real brave. And you really want to tell those demons to shut up? Because they're just demons lying to you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The kill part is from him. So, we'll have to have Miss Deborah pray for you because obviously you took this. But, if that's you, please come, please come up here and let us pray for you. Yeah. 
We worship your name. God, we're so grateful for your presence. Thank you that you would step out of heaven to meet us. That you would let heaven touch the earth like this. That we could just sit and bask in your presence. There's nowhere we would rather be. There's nowhere else we need to go. When we just stay in your presence, we have everything. Okay. I'm going to try and stand up. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really fun. That's My cool. legs feel like jelly. But you don't get very often. I'm like, I keep trying to stand up, and I'm like, maybe I'm just going to sit down. <laughs> It's so um, good. It's so good. You okay if I just sit here? <laughs> sure, you can. Yeah. It's just so good. My story is so, um, probably you don't even know who I am, so I'll give you a little bit of my backstory so you know who I am. Well, I don't know either. God, <laughs> Toronto, the Toronto Blessing, back in the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to ministry school there, and I lived there for about a year and a half. So this is kind of how it was. It's back. Yeah. It's so good, though. It's so, so good. It's so good because that, like, I had... I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm losing my thought. <laughs> it was just so good. And it, yeah, that's how it was there. But the thing is, that's when all the miracles happen. Come on. That's when your healing comes. That's when men stopped controlling it and allowed God to be in control. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And it and it gave it gave opportunity to sit in the presence and see the future, and God would show us things to come. You don't have to just be a prophet. God want He wants to speak to all of you. Come on, amen. All should prophesy. It says. Yeah. And a long time ago, back during those days. I was like 18, 19, I think, so I was young. And someone said they saw a Queen Esther story coming to pass. Mm. I kind of chuckled because I was a pageant girl. So I was like, well, yeah, you probably know I do pageants. That's my depth of knowledge of Esther. It's kind of how the church has made it seem, unfortunately. The church has kind of painted Esther as this beauty pageant or this Cinderella, the Christian Cinderella story. So we don't have to worry about Disney, which I'm not a fan of Disney. Just FYI. Please don't go to Disney. Um, 
and at the time, that was because of being in a presence like this. Mm. And someone, you know, like what you just had for these beautiful girls, it was like that kind of a thing. It was like they said, there's a Queen Esther story coming to pass. And I thought, okay, well, I went to Miss America, so that happened afterwards. And, I, and then I thought, well, that word's over. We have such a small mind when it comes to understanding what God says to us. You know, we live here in our flesh, but we're not really supposed to, right? We're spirit beings. We're supposed to live in the spirit realm. We're supposed to always be in tune because we are a new creation. Once you're saved, once you welcome Jesus into your life, then you're a new creation. We're not the same anymore. We're not, I mean, yeah, we're stuck in this body. We're stuck in this flesh and bones until we actually get to leave this body, which will be nice. But in the meantime, we're, we're here and we're supposed to live in this realm that we most of us don't live in. We touch it. We touch it. But you know you can stay in that all the time. Come on. Literally all the time. You can still get work done. You can't. Uh -huh, you get more work done. God has done more time miracles. When, I keep, when I'll think, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to go do that. I don't have time to go take five minutes and go worship. That's ridiculous. Because if I go take five, ten minutes, all of a sudden I get like twice as much done during the day. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Because he doesn't work in the natural mind. He doesn't work in our realm, in this earthly realm that man has completely screwed up. He doesn't work in that realm. And when he speaks and gives us these promises, I believe that we are to then, one, start to talk to him about them and ask him, what does this mean? Why are you telling me this? Because just because we hear five or six words or a sentence or even a paragraph, God loves treasure hunts with his kids. He loves them. It is what the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. That's a treasure hunt. When I was a kid, my grandma, she's in heaven now. She's part of the cloud of witnesses, and I'm sure she's here. And she was the best treasure hunt person ever. Every Sunday growing up, we would go after church, and we'd go to my grandma and grandpa's, and we would have lunch. And every Sunday, my grand they lived across from a park. Every Sunday, my grandma had a treasure hunt. And not just in the house. They were scattered clues all over the oh, park. God. I don't know how, like, I don't think you could do that nowadays because I think people would steal them. But she would put these <laughs> treasure hunts, like, all over the park hours before, you know, whatever, before we got there, I think. I mean, that's what it seemed. And we would go on these treasure hunts. And at the end, I mean, it was a little gift, you know, it was like something from Kmart. You know, it was like, if you all know Kmart, the young ones probably don't know. It was like a lower version of Walmart. <laughs> And she used to call it K-Mark with a K. And we would always tell her, and she would be like, oh, it's K-Mark. 
We're like, no, Grandma. I think she said it, you know, what she knew. She, that was just her word, and that's how she was going to say it. She's probably laughing. You're laughing, Grandma. <laughs> and at the end of this treasure hunt was just this tiny, you know, it was nothing. It would be broken in half hour, or we'd be done playing with it in a half hour, you know, whatever. It was just something little. But the hunt was what we loved. Can you imagine as children of God, if every day we woke up and said, what's the treasure hunt you have for me today? What do you want to show me today about my life, about myself? What are the things you want to reveal to me, God, today that you want to have me surrender? What are the things today, God, that I'm stressed about that you have a solution for? It would solve so much if we could learn that. So he, he tells us, hold on, I have to get a drink. It's so strong, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I feel <laughs> I have not, I know, I'm like, I have not felt this. I'm kind of new, but I, I used to speak when I was younger and this is a new thing, and I've not really done this in this kind of atmosphere. Let me tell you. So this is kind of fun. I don't know where we're going to go. But I don't think anyone cares. So So these things he gives us, these promises, these prophetic words, and I'm sure many of you have them. Look at the days we're in. So I do a podcast, and I'm kind of in a very strange world. <laughs> oh, let me just tell you some of my backstory. It's just too comical. I got saved when I was three, and I remember I knelt next to, I had a wood-sided waterbed. Do you remember those? Yeah. And I knelt in my wood bed. I was like three and a half, and I remember saying my mom come in, and I don't remember them being there, but I know she was there, but I remember asking Jesus to come into my heart, into my life, and I felt him. Yes. Like, it felt like he stepped into my little body. And from then on, I loved the Lord, and I followed him, and I sang about him, and I've been a singer since I was about that age. And I just loved Jesus, and he would talk to me, and I thought that was normal. I didn't know you had to be, you know, charismatic to have Jesus talk to you. I mean, Jesus just talked to me. And then we got older. We, you know, I grew up. I went to high school, and I was the kid nobody liked in high school because I was always carrying my Bible around in a public high school. And, you know, getting it, nobody liked You know, I had a small group of friends. I had a small group of theater friends. They accepted me because the theater kids are weird anyway. And I'm one of them, so I can claim it. Don't get mad at me. I'm one of them. I'm calling myself that way. And um, and so I grew up, and, and in senior year, they say, like, well, who are you most likely to become? Well, I got voted two things. Most likely to make it on Broadway and the most likely to be a televangelist. <laughs> yes, hallelujah. I had no idea that that was a prophecy that was going to come true one day. From the public high school. Well, then I became Miss Illinois. I went to Miss America. I had a lot of, like, 
natural success in the natural in the human world everything i tried out for i made everything i tried to do i got it it just was it was very easy and then uh went to toronto got wasted by the holy spirit got absolutely wrecked yeah i got fixed yeah but it really was just a it was just the start i mean that was just the start of a deeper understanding because I all I did always hear God talk to me and sometimes it would be audible and I didn't I really thought that was just normal and then I got married and my life began to fall apart and things got really 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 hard and every time something would get harder I stepped a little bit farther away from God I still loved him I never denied him I never said anything bad like that but it got to the point after almost 20 years of horrifying days failed marriages you know infidelity my my son was almost killed in a freak ski jumping accident he's a ski jumper I mean that's kind of crazy as it is, but he was, he was getting ready to go to the Olympics. He, he's, he did that since he was five at seven. He was almost killed. My youngest baby girl who's almost 18. One morning when she was nine months old, woke up from her nap and had this huge welt on the side of her face, ended up in the ER for a couple days, went into anaphylactic shock. We thought we were going to lose her. My oldest daughter who is now 24, has been pulled into the trans religion, as I call it, and is transitioning into a man, won't speak to us. I'm watching what she's doing. She, it, it's horrifying. And finally in 2020, well, actually it was 2019. In 2019, I was mad. I was just mad at God. I wouldn't, I wouldn't curse him, but you know what? It didn't really matter because my heart was so mad. Mm-hmm. I remember being in church and they would sing the goodness of God. You know that song? And I could not, I couldn't say the words. I mean, I was a worship leader for many years. I could not even, I would just stand there. And I'd usually put my hands in my pocket and look around and be like, <laughs> if they knew what my life was like, they would understand. I've been on staff. I was, you know, in Toronto. Then I was on staff in I at IHOP in Kansas City when IHOP started. While we were on staff there, my husband cheated on me while he worked on staff. I mean, those when when Satan comes at you, he is creative and he finds a way to come at you so that you will turn from God. That's all he cares. He's gonna steal, kill, and destroy everyone involved. He doesn't care. He does not, he's not trying to help you. <clears throat> And so I went through a third divorce. And yeah, talk about churches. Unfortunately, men are still that way. I finally got to a point where I was like, Jesus, I don't know what else to do. I've been calling out to you, but see, I was calling out to him going, please fix this. Hello? God, where are you? Hello? Please, God. Oh, dear God, help me in this. I mean, that was my prayer life. It wasn't, you're so beautiful, you're lovely, (laughs) you're worthy, you're good. No, it was like, oh, my gosh. 
I can't keep doing this. I was speaking out. Curse after curse after curse over myself, over my life, over everything. And he asked me to, it, it was very small. It wasn't a real booming voice at this time. It was kind of a small thing of, you know, you should probably start reading, just reading the Bible every day. And I was like, for real? I mean, I'm, I'm honest. I, like I said, I have a podcast. I am very honest. What you see is what you get. And I thought, okay, fine. I'll do that. Because I was desperate and I needed something to fix this. But I thought, I'm going to start in the New Testament. Because if I start in the Old Testament, I might not get very far. Because that's going to be boring when I get to all the genealogies. That's, that was what my mind thought. So I started in the New Testament. Well, can I just say that was, what, three or four years ago? <laughs> I haven't really finished the chronological plan because I keep getting stuck and going back over different books. And then I go here and then I go there. The Bible came alive. Literally alive. Things that I had highlighted and underlined that I had no idea I highlighted and underlined that were like, that's what that means. Why didn't I see that before? And I couldn't get enough of it. Well, then 2020 hit. And one night, three in the morning, I heard God say, I was laying in bed and I was, I had started this process in like September of 2019. So it had been, you know, six months or something like that. And the Bible was starting to come to life, but like, I mean, I'll be honest, it was still somewhat of like, okay, oh, I better not forget to read the Bible. It wasn't this desire to get into the Bible. And so, meanwhile, during the, just for political sake, back in like 2016, during the elections, and my parents were real into it, and my son was into it, and I was like, don't talk to me, I don't want to hear the name Trump, I don't want to hear about any of this stuff, or I'm out of here. And I would leave. One time we were at their house and they were talking about it and I said, I told you I don't want to talk about this and I left. Which is why it's really funny what I do now. But <laughs> <laughs> so 2020 hit and I heard the Lord's voice real quiet. I was laying in bed and I was scared. I was scared. It was the first two days of the lockdown. Mm -hmm. I have a weird blood condition that God is healing me from, but it, mm -hmm. I have to still deal with it every now and then. And I was scared. Because I'm like, uh, I have like this weird condition where I have no immune system. So this is not going to be good for me. And I'm laying in bed at 3 in the morning. Because like many people, we all woke up. Who woke up at 3, 3.15, 3.30 in the morning when the lockdown started, right? Like all of a sudden, everyone's getting up at 3 in the morning. And he said, well, why don't you come downstairs and talk to me? There's this small voice in my heart. And I was like. Okay, if that's you, to say it again. <laughs> so he said it again. Come downstairs and talk to me. So I got up, and I was still married, so I like snuck out of bed, went downstairs, and I started doing the dishes. And he goes, I thought you wanted to talk to me. So I stopped what I'm doing, and I got my Bible. It was this Bible. And this is, I'm not really a fan of the NIV. However, this is the Bible that I have been, this has been my best friend over the last three years, and I can't get rid of it yet. So I'm like, I use this, and then I go into my phone to find like the, the better translation. But 
I had like nothing in this Bible. I mean, it was still nice and neat. It was still the shape that it was when I bought it. Pages were nice and stiff. And I sat down and I opened it and I was like, now what? And the Spirit of God fell so strong and he said, that which has been will never be again. And what you are getting ready to walk through will not look like anything that has ever happened. And I wrote it down. And I didn't really understand what that meant. But it started this crazy journey. I mean, crazy journey. I would never... I would never guess that I would be here right now even that anybody would even care what I have to say five years ago. At all. I felt like my life was destroyed. I felt like the gifts that God placed in me were long gone. That I had screwed it up. And that they could not be redeemed. <clears throat> So that started this journey, and then about six months, I don't know, I don't even know, because time sort of disappeared after that point in time. Like, I used to be really, uh, like, everything was ahead. I was always a planner. I'm a very type A personality. <laughs> and I was a planner, and I had, like, the Franklin planner back in the days, and I love sitting and planning. I love it. I'm, like, the best administrative assistant because I love planning so much. But once God showed up, I don't really get to plan very much anymore. <laughs> Which is good because I don't really have time to anymore. So now people will be like, oh, you want to do something there? And I'm like, well, you got to put it on the calendar and remind me the day of because I'm not going to have any idea. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing in an hour, you know? And someone asked me to share. I started going on, I don't know, I think I started saying stuff on Facebook. Because I was so moved by the, the Bible, <clears throat> scriptures, and just parts of scriptures, and, and the parables. There was just so much that was moving me. So I would put it out. I just kept putting it out, putting it out. And so someone asked if I'd share my testimony on this Zoom thing, and I didn't have any idea how you did Zoom. So I'm like, okay, how do I do that? And I went on, and I shared, and then someone out of that said, would you like to start a show on a network? I'm like, what? What does that even mean? You know, like, well, through Zoom. I'm like, I don't know how to do Zoom. I can't do that. And I have nothing to say. That was my answer. They wanted me to do one show a week for a half hour. And I was like, I do not have anything to say for a half hour. That's not even possible. <laughs> right? I told you it's funny. <laughs> so, I said yes. And it began this journey where God kept speaking and testing, uh, testing, testing my ability to hear him, testing my reaction, testing, it's a relationship, right? So he's going, okay, I'm going to tell you this. Are you going to hear it? You know, if you're in a relationship and one person says, hey, you want to go get a hot dog? And the other person goes, what, you want a pizza? Do you want to go get a hot dog? Oh yeah, I, well, you want to sit and watch this movie? Sure. I mean, seriously. That's like what we do to God sometimes. 
he tells us something and we go like, oh yeah, we love that. And he's like, what? I'm talking about that, you know? And so he kept doing that to me. So that I said yes to this, this thing. I signed a contract with this network. And then he said, you can't do that. Do you see the spirit that's behind that? yeah but this is a really big opportunity and he's like nope so i tore up the contract i already had the first guest amanda grace amanda grace was the first guest on my podcast that i didn't know how to work zoom on how crazy is that the fact that she said yes was crazy and the day that it was booked was on five five so on five five amanda grace was isn't that comical? God is really funny. If you have not interacted with God in the in, in like this way, He's very funny. He's not stuffy like what the church. He he doesn't like, you know, sit up with his robes. Like that's not what he does. He's really funny. Like he loves to like show you numbers or put like something out that, out that you see that you're like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, I know. I told you I love you and I was going to show you that, like the rainbow. The yeah. rainbow is God. Amen. The yeah. rainbow, the reason that you know why Satan is still in that, what was the promise of the rainbow? The covenant of our relationship with him. The covenant, that's like your marriage. It's like your proposal. It's like yeah. your wedding ring. Yeah. That is the symbol. The rainbow is actually circular, right? Yeah. We, don't, we don't see it, but it's a circle. It is a promise of his covenant. That's why Satan has stolen it in the most debauchery, disgusting manner to completely subvert and twist what a covenant should look like. That's why that rainbow was stolen. God put that up in the sky yeah. to remind his people, I am promising to never leave you. Yeah. I am promising that I am yours and you are mine. That's why he put that in the sky. So Amanda was the first guest. And I put it on, I created a YouTube channel. I didn't have one put it up and like a lot of people saw it. I'm like, well, I guess I'll do another one. <laughs> and then I'll, I guess I'll do another one. And I think Deborah was like only number four or five. I was right in the very beginning. And I would just write people, hi, I'm Tanya. Would you like to be on my podcast? You know, I don't know what I would say. Like, I mean, it was, I don't know what I was, who knows, but they would say yes. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went, okay, Lord, well, as long as you open the door, I'll keep walking through it. But if you, if you don't want me to do this, then shut the door, right? And that was kind of how I, I went through 2021. And then the beginning of 2022 came, and I started in 21 to ask the Lord, and if you've never done this, oh, this is so much fun. Ask him at the beginning of the year for a word. And a number or a Bible verse or something. And so in 2022, I asked him, and I don't remember the word now, but the verse he gave me was Isaiah 22, 22. And I was like, okay, all right. So I got in, I started really studying that. And I was like, well, this is cool. Do you know that 22, 22 or 222, that is his number that he shows me all the time to the point where I was on an airplane this past year 
We got on the plane, drove out to the tarmac. You know, it was one of those. And then they're like, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we got to bring you back to the plane. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. We've been on the plane for two hours and we haven't even left. And we had to go back to the gate. We get off. Ladies and gentlemen, your new gate will be L2. L2. Do you know what number L is in the alphabet? 22nd letter. <laughs> so I got off the plane and I said, oh, this is going to be a fun trip. You got me on a treasure hunt, God. And I knew for me, he made it very clear that this number 222 or 2222 or 22, any of those combinations, that it is his promise that he has me. That he will provide. Because I'm a single mom. And I lost my job on 121 of 22. Deborah's laughing because when I called her crying, she goes, praise Jesus. No joke, that's exactly what she said. And I'm like, I was I was pretty hysterical. I don't know if I was hysterical when I was talking to you, but I was like, I don't want to be in ministry, I want to pay my bills. What are you talking about? What? And on the next day, on 122, the Lord gave me this vision. And he said, can you imagine if you bring together women and call it Esther's Rising? And I'm like, Esther? Now, I had that word when I was 18. I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, that was a long time ago. I'm 46. Okay, I'll just tell you my age. That was a long time. But see, I never contended for that promise when I got it, because I didn't understand it. So like these words that you girls got, you need to write them down. And every day you need to look at them and go, Jesus, I give them to you. And I will partner with you to step into this. I don't know what that means, but you show me and he'll show you. But contend for them because the enemy will come and try and steal, kill and destroy the words. We have to partner with it. I didn't do that. <clears throat> I, I just didn't really know to do it, I guess. And so then all these years go by, and now I've lost my job. I have this podcast that has kind of grown, right? But it wasn't, I mean, it was just, well, so then I said, okay. Well, Lord, I don't remember how I got to this, but it was all around the same time. I think right before I got fired, we were like as a family in Branson. And I was driving home. And on the drive home, I said, Lord, just be it unto me according to your will. Like, I just was really moved by that, by the fact that Mary, do you know how old she was when she was in that position? Very little, like 12, 13, very young. And the fact that she would be able to say, yes, Lord, yeah. And she didn't quite, sometimes I think that, you know, when the Lord says, come to me like the little children, and you start diving into some of these people that were in scripture and you actually see how old they are, it says something. Because there is a childlike faith. There's a childlike understanding that as adults, we lose Unfortunately, 
we start questioning it like well how am I going to do that I mean I have the responsibilities and people that are leaning on me and how am I going to do that where the kids the younger one okay sure let's go for fun this will be great Lord what do you want to do but that's I mean Mary said yes Lord be it unto me it's not an easy journey there is a great cost and so since then now I've got this podcast that's I mean the numbers not necessarily that are just all watching the podcast but the reach between like all the platforms I'm on and the places I'm going it's ridiculous I mean crazy Sometimes I'm like, I don't understand why does anybody want to hear what I have to say? Like, I mean, seriously, it's so strange to me. And the groups that I'm running, I'm like, have you heard of the Reawaken America tour? Yeah. Okay. So I, I go on that tour and I sing the national anthem on the second day. I've been at many of them. I've spoken at one of them and I do a lot of exposing on Hollywood and on Disney in particular, which is why I said, please don't go back to Disney. They are really the mouthpiece that has been used by Satan to push this counterculture and this counter narrative and this hypersexualization on our children. Disney is the head of that, right? They own a lot of TV, a lot of news, a lot of history. They are what I would, what I say is they're the mouth. They're controlling it. They're, they're not the head of the beast, but they're the mouthpiece of the beast, right? And um, so I, I speak on that. That just, if someone would have told me that, do you know that when I was 13, I auditioned to be a Disney princess? That was all I wanted. That was my hope. My hope was that I was gonna work for Disney, that I was gonna be one of their singers, that I was gonna be Cinderella, that was my favorite one. I mean, this is, God has a very good sense of humor, okay? He really does. I got married the first time at Disney World with a Cinderella carriage and the miniature horses and a guy dressed up like he was called a major domo, no joke, and he carried on a pillow a glass slipper with my ring in it. That's beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful, but how strange is it that now I'm exposing Disney? <laughs> like, God has a sense of humor. If I wouldn't have... And, and this is also the whole thing of Esther. You're prepared. Yes. I am prepared with these things because of the places I've been, because of the things I've had to walk through. I didn't see it that way at the time. At the time, it made me frustrated and, and annoyed. But now I go, wow, because of those moments, I have an understanding and an insight into this that I wouldn't have had if I didn't walk through that. But there's a cost. There was a cost when Mary said, yes, Lord. I mean, she, she could have been stoned. A little girl that's not married that then finds out she's pregnant and then she starts growing. Like, she didn't, like, find out she was pregnant and then never show. Like, <laughs> Jesus did grow in her womb and she did look pregnant. Joseph could have just said, see you later. He could have exposed her. And yet she still said, yes, Lord. Over the last year, 
since I've said yes to this, whatever this is, I really don't know. I mean, I really don't. It's so funny to be like. <laughs> and what I'm learning, I'll, I'll sidetrack a little. I used to be really, really worried about making sure I had all my notes and like. <laughs> I think I sent Deborah and I'm like, so what do you use to like prepare your messages? And she laughed. She goes, whatever God tells me. Or I don't know what she said. And then someone else, I said the same thing in Memphis a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I was really nervous to come here. I was like, because I, I had these notes, but then I just didn't, you know, I, I am very discerning. So I, I knew like, well, I've got these prepared, but. Something's not right with them. I don't know what it is, but something's not right. And uh, he goes, I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever get ready to walk on speaking somewhere and you know what you're going to say, don't you step up there. That's what he said, don't you step up there. But that's hard because that means we have to surrender our flesh and our minds. Yes. Like I said, God's funny. He wants to do trust falls with us all the time. Mm -hmm. But when we do that, he can move. When we do that, he can do things that we could never plan or put on paper. So now I'm, I guess I'm traveling speaking, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what you would say, because that's basically what I've been doing every weekend for the last three or four months. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And you're here in Waldorf, Minnesota. Who knew? Who knew? The, the Lord has taken me on more adventures since January of this year. Like, I had always dreamt of traveling. I've traveling it's it's like literally I, I almost was a flight attendant for a while because I wanted to travel I love it when I was a kid I used to tell my family well I'm gonna be a famous singer and I'm not gonna be around because I'm gonna be traveling doing gigs but I mean you can ask my family they laughed at me and they thought I was crazy but I told them that as a child I believed it I love traveling well all those years raising my children being married we never got to travel. Mm -hmm. And I was headed out to California for the second time this year. And I was in the plane. And I was, and like when I'm on the plane, I sit by the window and I'm like, I just lie. I take in God's creation. And because our, our TVs and our televisions, which are to tell you a vision of what they want you to think, they're always filling us up with things that are crazy about what's really going on and oh everybody's on fire and everybody's fighting each other and there's not enough room to live and there's not enough food that's what they're telling us you get in an airplane and fly across america that's not true there's thousands and thousands of beautiful acres where there's nobody it's gorgeous it's so gorgeous and i'm just flying over and all of a sudden i realized i started laughing and i said wow the Lord asked me to covenant with him three years ago. And it was a very specific, he, and I knew what he meant, and I knew it meant I could not. I did, he had my heart, and that was it. I knew it. And I did not answer right away, because <laughs> I knew the intense 
the intensity of what he was asking. So I say, can I think about it? And I thought about it because I didn't want to promise that and not be able to fulfill it. And so a few days went by and then I went back and I said, yes, Lord, of course I want to do that. And so here I was on this airplane realizing my husband has taken me on a million journeys this year all over the country. Physical husbands never could, and I'm not saying, I'm like, I'm not, it's just for my experience up until that point, and I think it was, pers I think it was specific so that he could show me I'm the only one that can fulfill all these things. I'm the only one. I know your heart. I know your heart's desires. He knows your heart's desires. Amen. He put that in you. Yeah. Everybody in this room has been called predestined and called and justified. He took care of everything so that you could step into the calling he placed within you. When you were created, he put a tiny seed in you that was specific to your talents, your gifts, your sphere of influence. This point in time, you know, you could have lived in any other. We don't have to be living in this time period, right? Like you realize that. God could have had us be in the 50s at this, at this stage. Could have been in the 60s. Could have been the early 1900s. He picked you and said, this is the time period I want you to be part of. This is the time period that you need to be part of. See, here's the thing. Each of you did not get born in this time to just live on this earth, have a nice job, have a couple of children, maybe a couple of dogs, have a beautiful barn. That's not why he created you. He created you so that you in your being could give him all glory and all power and, and all praise and be a reflection of his creation. Yeah. And when, when we don't step and walk into our full calling of who he created, I mean, I spent 20 years running. I didn't even know I was running and I was running. I was running in my mind. My mind was too consumed with all the stuff yeah. in life. It was consumed with the TV. It was consumed with the, you know, the phones. You know, these 5G, right? Everything's 5G. You've heard of 5G, fifth generation warfare. Interesting that this is all connected, right? It's to brainwash us. It's the tools of the devil. Not just the devil, Elon Musk, but literally the tools of the devil. In the end days, it's very clear in Revelation what's going to happen. It's very clear. Even the most elect will be deceived, it says. You hung yours up? Very good. It's good because it's, they're a pain. I do not like them at all. It's ridiculous. But the calling that each of you possess is for this point in time. We need your calling. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing this on the front lines. Our nation is in big trouble. And we have to fight it. We were called to occupy it. So we can't just sit back and go, ah, we raptured, it's all good. No, we can't do that. We have to occupy until he returns because that's what he instructed us to do. So we have to be obedient 
We have to find the areas of influence that you have, whether it's business, education, uh, TV, whether it's your preaching, your trap, whatever it is. If you're an intercessor, whatever it is, you have to engage in that. We can't just sit back and go, well, the nation's done. We can't do that. We have to engage. We have to be in the battle. So all these years later, now I'm sitting here and going, okay, Lord, well, show me. So Esther is one of the big people that I talk about a lot. What is the cost? Because so many, especially in our culture right now, there's so many people that are, oh, you're modern day Esther. Oh, they get the anointing. There's an anointing for Esther. Yay, you're born for such a time as this. That's all great. That's wonderful. But half of them don't even know what that means. Esther risked her life at 19. When she first came to the kingdom, when they first did the call and wanted the young virgins to come, she would have been only 9, 10, 11 years old. Very young. Very young. That's kind of disturbing when you think about it. And yet she was willing to risk. And I mean, she didn't even really have a choice. She was brought in. She was one of the young virgins, and that was where she went. But she didn't fight it. She went in and said, okay, what do you want me to bring before I go? When I'm, you know, they're preparing her. And it says they could have picked anything. Now, they're in the most beautiful castle. Like, it'd be like being, I'm not going to say the White House because that's not real beautiful anymore. But I've been to Mar-a-Lago in Florida twice. That is stunning. That place is outrageous. It'd be like being there and walking in and they open the closet and they go, you can pick whatever you want, whatever you want to take. You want to bring this bouquet of flowers? Bring it. You want whatever you want. And, you, and I would imagine most of the girls were like, I'll take that and I'll take that and I'll take the Prada shoes and I'll make the Fendi bag and I'll take the Gucci this, and, you know? And Esther said, what would you like, what, what do you suggest? She asked the advice of the eunuch, right? The person that was taking care of them. What would you suggest? I'll take whatever you tell me. And she only took what they suggested. Because they knew the king. They knew the king best. They knew what would please the king. And at that young of an age, she knew to even ask that. She risked everything. She lost everything. So it, the fact that the fact that the Lord has me kind of in this place now is, is crazy to me. I'm finding things out that I had no idea I could do or liked to do. But, but those things that he placed in us, those gifts that are in you, nobody else can fulfill them. Amen. And he'll show you what those are. He'll walk you through them. He'll, 
He'll grow them. We just have to water them. Just make sure we're in communion. We have to stay in his presence. This sense of who God is, this heavy weightiness. You, we, we, in this world, we get in the presence of God and then we're like, okay, meeting's over, now let's go on with our life. We can't keep doing that. We can't. There, there is like, there's no time left. We can't do it. We need to be where we were like what Adam and Eve had in the beginning. They walked with him in the cool of the day. Do you know we can still access that? It's not gone. It's different, but it's not gone. And he wants us to walk with him. So earlier, the Lord, this morning, I had a really weird dream after I fell back asleep. Let's go figure. But it was very strange because I felt like, and I, I, this has never happened to me before, so. I was praying and I saw kind of like these angels come and I saw this image and I was like, what does that mean? And it was like, well, you're supposed to talk about it because there's some people that need to be healed. It's like, what now? So I saw this picture of someone's wrist and ankles, an ankle. And I don't know if they need to be repaired. I don't know if you're having surgery. All I know is I saw this picture and these angels came and they, they put their hands and they healed you. So if you have that, I would love if we could pray for you because I think that God wants to heal you, whatever that is. Um, and when the presence is, is so heavy, that healing is very accessible. It's very easy. And I also think that if, if you don't know what your destiny is, if you don't know what you're called to, then you need to come up here and let us pray that God reveal that very quickly. Because we need you to step into that. We need you to be walking in your calling. Mm -hmm. Don't take the time. Don't, don't waste the time. So, um, I guess I can play and you can pray or, or we can put music on, I don't know. Put music on? Or let's see if I know how to do it. Man, it's crazy strong up here. My legs literally feel like jelly. I think she ran out. Let's see if I can figure it out. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Hold on. 
I mean, I, if you have, do you, does anyone here have an issue with your ankle or your wrist? You do? Praise God, because that freaked me out. I was like, what now? What, what is it, your foot or what? Um, I have lymphedema, um, chronic swelling, um, and also my arms. Okay. Well, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Is there anyone with a broken heart? It's just kind of generic, but that's what I heard earlier. If you've got a broken heart or a heart, I don't know. That's all I heard.
He's doing a great work in you. You don't feel like he's doing anything. But the Lord says, get your eyes off of your field and get your eyes off of me. I'm the husbandman of that field. And my hand is on that field. My hand is going to grow forth a great crop. And it's going to be a hundredfold crop. It's going to be a crop that only he can bring forth. So fret, my daughter, don't allow the enemy to hurt you because I have my hand on you. I have my hand on you. I have my hand on you. Separate yourself from the tares. Just look at the wheat. The Lord says the wheat is going to produce a great crop. Now let me deal with the tares. In all this, you have become rooted and grounded, like you never would have become rooted and grounded if you had not gone through what you're going through. It's going to be good. He has a plan, and it's a good plan. The other thing I would like to pray for, which I like to do any time of anywhere, is if you have a prodigal. Do any of you have prodigals? So. Why don't you come up here? very important as a prodigal parent. You have a direct line to your prodigal child through your blood. Because our blood is very powerful. 
That's why Jesus could shed his blood for the saving of our sins. Blood is very powerful. So it's very important as a prodigal parent that you don't let the enemy silence you. That you don't let the enemy keep you from proclaiming the truth. Not just, oh dear God, keep them safe. Oh dear God, please hope, I hope that they come home. Or even still talking with them. But literally knowing how to war. The enemy has come in like a little fox coming in to steal. And he is trying to take these children from God. Each of us were given these children because God knew you each had what it took in you to fight for them. He knew you were a warrior and you would knock those foxes, knock the devil out and say, not on my watch. You're not getting this generation. You're not getting this bloodline. And what has happened in the church is that we've all become sort of placated and we all just go, oh, you know, they're a little different, but it's okay. They're not following God yet or they're just, whatever it might be. No, the reality is they're prodigals. The reality is God placed in you the power to say no. Satan, you're not taking my seed. This is a seed that God planted and birthed because of each of you. We have to fight for that seed. So it's very important every day that you are calling them home. The prodigal father never ran for his son. He left him. That's not easy. Nothing's easy that God asks us to do. So it's a big deal, right? Nothing's easy. They're God's kids first. He picked you to birth them, to carry them, to love them, and knows that you will fight for them now. So as we pray, I get violent with the enemy in this area. He has no rights to these children. He does. I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're 45 or 4. He has no right to them. Particularly all of you here, I'm assuming, all of you love Jesus. I'm going to ask you that. Yes, everybody here that's okay. You all love Jesus. So you have already said to the Lord and come into covenant which makes you and all of your generational uh, offspring heirs to the throne of God. So Satan is trying to steal that. That's where you go, nope, you picked the wrong family. You picked the wrong person. My kid's coming home. My kid and my bloodline is coming home. They have a promise on them. They have a destiny on them. All right, let's pray. Father God, just imagine that you're holding your child up to the Lord. God, we come to you because your word says where two or more are gathered, you will be. Well, guess what? We know you are here. Praise Jesus, because there are so many of us. So God, we're coming and we're standing in your presence. 
And God, we're holding these children. And God, they're out eating in the pig slop. And they're doing things that are destroying their lives, God. And you gave us these children, and our hearts love them. Our hearts love these kids, God. Oh, but the enemy has messed with the wrong generation. And we are going to stand here and remind him that we are dressed in full armor. And we have all of God's army with us. And so in the mighty name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb and the stripes that he bore for our salvation, we tell you, devil, back off. You do not get our children. You do not get our seed. You do not get the future generations. You do not. Raise their name. Start speaking out your child's given name. I claim Hannah Mariah. Benjamin. I claim Hannah Mariah back to the kingdom. I call them home. Father God, make their time out in the wilderness be short. God, wake them up. Wake them up quickly. Before there is more damage done, God, wake them up. We will not stop asking, God. We will not stop praying. We will not stop interceding for these little ones that you love. God, you said you would leave the 99 to go for the one. We call these kids home. And God, we stand excited for the testimony when they come home. We are excited as we see all of these people in here, God. We can't wait till we start hearing. The, the testimonies, my, my daughter came home, my son came home, you won't believe it, all of a sudden my son came home, you won't believe it, my daughter called me, I haven't heard her from her in months, God, by the power of the testimony, I pray a holy anger comes over you. I pray a holy, lift your hands up right now. Lord, say, God, give me your holy anger over your children that are lost. In Jesus' name. My mother woke up one day, I'm a prodigal, and she woke up one day and God showed her, you can't fix her. Stop trying to fix them. I want you to repent right now. If you're a fixer and you've been telling them that they need to get back to God and get their life cleaned up, my mama finally quit doing it because they can't get their life back to God and they can't clean themselves up. Only God can do it, but you have a hotline to heaven. I'm telling you, and God wants you to know if you'll get his holy anger, you will realize that there's many you that they that have thought, well, they're why are they hurting me like this? I gave them everything. And you're telling this to God, and God's saying it's not them that's hurting you. It's the demons that are tormenting them that are hurting you. Get mad at the devil and tell the devil they can't have my job. 
happening when they were little. These are the demons that are using them. And to, oh, well, somebody, please get mad. Our culture has forgotten, but that, I mean, when you start studying the word, 
Those names were very meaningful. They, they were of authority. They were of lineage. They were heritage. They were royalty. Names were very specific. They were, you know, we have these nice cute name books. That was a tool of the devil. I mean, I really will say it. That was a tool of the devil to get us so like, oh, let's pick a nice cute name for our children. No. What name does God have? Because they've been named and have a name from the beginning of time. Right. What is the name God gave them? What is, and that name is meaningful. So when you pray, you remind the devil of what their name is. You speak it out. Call them home by name. Anybody here mad? <laughs> they say, Mama's gone mad. You say, You bet I am. <laughs> mad at the devil. Yeah. He has no authority over your children. And he already lost. I mean, how stupid can you be? <laughs> Literally. How stupid can you be? He's pulling the wool over everybody. He, oh, like, we forget. He all, the keys already were taken. It's not like, oh, he's, he's here right. waiting. No, like it's already been done. Yeah. It's already done. Jesus already yeah. took the keys. It's already yeah. done. He already lost. Yeah. We forget that. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Include all the grandchildren. What's that? Include all the grandchildren. Oh, yeah. If you've got a grand, my parents, they fight for my kids. They, if, if you've got a grandchild, you never know if you're, you know, there, I've, I've seen this where there are people that have grandchildren and their mom, the parents aren't fighting, right? The, the, grand, the, the grandparents understand there's prodigals, but the parents don't fully get it. And so, or they're not saved or they, they just don't get it. You have the same authority. Because it's still your genealogy, it's still your lineage, it's still your bloodline. So if you are, if you've got a prodigal and it's in your family line, I was standing up for my brother. I was <laughs> dead. See? Not his kids. So. Yeah. There's an authority there. There's an authority there. My the my kid's dad, he he doesn't stand. I'm the, I, you know my parents do, but when it started, and I I was. I was like, oh, I mean, I was bad for a long, long, long time when all this started. And I just, what did I do wrong? What, it, it was all about me. Oh, I didn't repent enough, or I didn't do this good enough, or I shouldn't have done this. Now, are those, are those seeds that I planted that I shouldn't have? Yes. Can I repent for those? Yes. Right. But it's not about me right. at that point. I repented. I said, Lord, I am sorry that I opened the door. Because we do have that. We have to recognize that. We let, this, we let the enemy come into our family line. Because we're not perfect, but also because we make really bad choices a lot of times. <coughs> and we open the door. And we let it come in. But, but after that, when I first got to that realization and this came up and I did not know where it came from. This righteous anger rose up in me, and I started screaming, and I, and, and the Huffington Post wrote a 25-page article about me on June 30th, <laughs> exposing what I did, what I found out, and I think it's kind of awesome, because they wrote in there that I cursed the medicine. Heck right I cursed the medicine. <laughs> I've got the power 
Jesus. Of course I'm going to curse the medicine. I'm not going to stop saying that. That's what we're called to do. That is not of God. That medicine, I said, no, you will have no authority over my daughter. You will cease to work. Amen. Amen. They think I'm crazy. I don't care. That's fine. I don't go crazy. That's that's what I did with my children who took the Fauci ouchie. I stood in and I said, whatever was in that shot, it is now saline solution. I don't care what went in, but what it is right now is saline solution. Amen. 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 And and that came rose up. I said things that, as I was saying them, I went, what am I? I'm picking a fight with the devil. What am I doing? You know, my mind, as I'm praying, my mind was thinking all that. Were we not created as warriors? Didn't the word tell us that this is what we're going to fight? It's not people. It's not flesh. It's spirits, principalities, things unseen. That's what it told us we were going to fight. But we just forgot. Gosh, we can't forget, you guys. That's what happened to the Israelites. They forgot. That's that's literally they forgot. They forgot God put manna on the ground. They forgot he put new shoes on their feet. They forgot. They forgot he split the sea. As soon as we forget, we are in big trouble. That's why the that's why culture and everything has changed. The, those stories that would be passed down generationally. The family would tell the next, you know, their kids, here's what our ancestors went through. Right. And they crossed the Red Sea. They showed up. They didn't know what was gonna happen. The army was behind them and they thought they were dead. And Moses stood there and the sea split. And they walked through and they got through. And they would tell them that over and over and over, and that passed on from generation. Well, at some point, they forgot. They didn't say that anymore. And they didn't tell their children. So then their children can't tell the next children. And and before you know it, we're in 2023. And we've got our kids that think that they can be dogs or cats or a boy if they're a girl or a girl if they're a boy. They don't know what's up up or down. They don't know right from wrong. Because we forgot what God did. We have to remember. And remember the goodness he did in your life, in your family life. Be grateful. My gosh, if we just woke up and were thankful for all the things he did yesterday, it would take us to a whole different place. And it moves the heart of the Father. Okay, think about it, all of you that have kids. When your kid's really grateful, what do you want to do? You want to be like, what else do you want, honey? <laughs> you want to go to the park? You want to, oh, you're so, you know, when they're, oh, thank you so much. Like, a grateful heart changes the heart of the parent. I mean, it, I mean, it's that's hard, I get it. I mean, it's hard to sometimes be grateful. I completely, trust me, I go through that every day. I'm like, the Lord will, will provide something, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh. And literally three minutes later, I'm like, but what's going to happen tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That's the battle. It's the battle of the mind. I can't wait till the day that, like, I go ten minutes or an hour, you know, or two days. And I'm like, I didn't say it in two days. Like, yes, 
<laughs> because that's what happened. I mean, that, that's, that's, I'm just saying that that's normal. But we have to train our flesh. We have to train our minds. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yes. That's physical. It's literally physical. It's, it, our brains are actually a computer. Did you know that? They operate like a computer. Our memories can be changed. They can be fixed. They can be healed yeah. and rewired um, and hit delete because, wow, I've gone through um, healing with certain things where they're very traumatic things, and all of a sudden I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I could try to remember it. I can't remember it. Yeah. Because God came yeah. in and rewired it. So he can do that. He wants to do that. That's what we're supposed to do. He didn't create it just for like the one off. He did it so we could do that all the time. Anyway, now I'm just talking. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. God is good. I just kind of want to stand up here and like. It's good. You said earlier you would pray for people who don't know their calling. Yes. Okay. Come up here. Yes. We could do that tonight. We could do it tonight too. Okay. We'll do it tonight and then. How's that? What's your name? Bonnie. Bonnie, that's my mom's name. We love Bonnie. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. Heavenly Father, we speak over Bonnie right now. God, I ask that you would open the heavens and show her what it is you've created her for. What is the unique calling that you have placed in her? That seed that you placed in her being. Yes, Jesus, from the beginning of conception, we speak to it and we say, time to rise and shine. It's time to come forth. You've been watered, you've been fed, and now it's time to come forth. It's time to come forth. We speak blessings over this calling, God. Let it be very clear. Start writing down your dreams. He's going to show you visions in the night, and they're going to have clues, but it's going to be like a treasure. He's going to show you little bits at a time, and he's going to make a beautiful picture out of it. Bless her in Jesus' name. Bless her in Jesus' name. We bless this. We bless this calling. All the works of the devil that have tried to stop, hinder, prolong, defeat, Steal. We say, get off now in Jesus' name. You've got no authority over this calling. This is the calling of Jesus Christ. By his blood and his stripes, he died and shed his blood for her, for her calling, for her to live in this point in time, for her to walk out the things that you've placed in her from before the beginning of time, God. We speak to this. Yep. There's going to be some angels that are going to come around and they're going to help. They're going to help with this. They're going to help with this. They're going to walk you. They're going to show. I can just see them like coming up and holding your arms and holding your hand. And he's like, okay, here's where we're going next. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like. Just walk with them. Trust them. Walk with them. Allow them. Just say yes and just go and do it. Yes.
and clear breath. Let it be clear. Bless her ears as she will only hear. There will be no distraction. But she would not see. Her eyes would only see God. But it would be almost like blinders with the horses where she can't see with the right and left. All she can see is you and the direction you've got for her. And she'll take one step. And as she steps out in one step, you'll show her the next step. Mm-hmm. And she'll be walking on the water. Just look up and look at Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Father. Don't look down. Don't look anywhere else. Keep your eyes on Him. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and remember you were created for such a time as this.